Welcome to the Clarity Radio Show and Podcast. I'm Elena, and I'm looking forward to having this conversation. Oh, we're going to have some fun today. Let's talk about purpose. You know, sometimes you have to go deep so you can go high. So let's get into it. Let's talk about finding and maintaining fulfillment. Sugar, I'm not here for motivation. We need revelation. Let's talk about how to live abundantly. My prayer for you is the same for me. Clarity. Clearly I see. So are you ready? All right, let's go. Hello everyone. I am Elena and welcome to another episode of the Clarity Podcast and Radio Show where our conversations are always about finding fulfillment, identifying purpose, and how to live an abundant life. So quick recap for the folks in the back. The purpose of every clarity conversation we have is to see ourselves, others, and God clearer so we can live the abundant, purpose-driven, fulfilled lives that we were created for. Also, If you ever miss any part of this episode, if you want to run it back, if you just happen to want to hear my lovely voice again or share with a friend, every episode is on my podcast. You can find the Clarice Podcast, that's Clarice, C-L-A-R-I-S-E-E, podcast on any podcast platform. So, since we're still getting to know each other, I want to let you know what to expect during our conversations. Some episodes will be like last week, where we take a deep dive into one topic. Some will be a conversation between me and a guest, and some will be like today, where it'll be a Q&A format. So feel free to send in your questions by DMing me on the Clarity Blog Facebook or IG pages, or by sending me a message on ClarityBlog.com. Now, questions can be about anything you want to discuss here. It can be a question about something we touched on in a previous episode, anything happening in the world or in your world. So anything that you need clarity or insight on or anything related to purpose, fulfillment or abundant life is also fair game. So feel free to send in your questions by DMing me on the Clarity blog Facebook or Instagram pages or by contacting me on ClaritiBlog.com. And remember, everything is Clarity blog and that is C-L-A-R-I-S-E-E. So in line with the whole social media conversation, I have been scrolling on social media and I hate to tell y'all, but. Some of y'all's cousins, oh, they out here acting up. You know it's never us. It's always us adjacent, someone we know. But seriously, my social media feed seems to be all over the place. I've got commentary on politics and gun laws, people complaining about baby daddies and family members, thoughts on Nick Cannon and having all these kids, people living out their personal version of hot girl summer, and men posting in these hoochie daddy shorts. Now, I honestly, I don't get that one. These men are running around in these toddler shorts looking like they're going to lose a layer of their skin trying to get these things off. Some of them are so tight. They look like blood pressure cuffs. are just wrapped around their legs. They can't be comfortable or safe. People seem to have so much to say and show right now. 
And ironically, that kind of relates to our first question. So there are three questions I'm going to try to get into today. And I want to hear your feedback. So feel free to let me know your thoughts on the Clarity Blog social media pages or at ClaritiBlog.com. We have uh, Facebook. We have Instagram. We also have TikTok and Twitter and Pinterest if you so choose to connect with us there. So the first question is a little involved. So take a seat. Grab a beverage of your choice. I'm going to read this how I would if I were saying it so that you can really experience it. Now, question number one. I feel like people are constantly misunderstanding me, especially when I share my opinion or beliefs. Okay, so I can't (laughs) I can't even take myself seriously. So I'm just going to read this normal voice now because I can't get through it. Who are we kidding? So the person said. I feel like people are constantly misunderstanding me, especially when I share my opinions or beliefs. I will think I'm having a casual conversation about things happening in the news or on social media. And all of a sudden, the other person is acting like I'm judging them. Or I could be talking about the habits I'm trying to break or the things I'm working on because I'm trying to live right. And they take it personally like I'm attacking them. I don't really share much about my life or beliefs on social media anymore because I don't want the drama. So my question is, should I try to do things differently or should I just not care? All right. Now, so this is one I have personally experienced and others I know have gone through this as well. And from my personal experience, this can be very frustrating. And actually, I can hear your frustration. So if you're listening Just take a moment and Usa. Honestly, being accused of being judgmental as a Christian is as common as flies at a barbecue. It happens. But just because it happens regularly, just because it's common, does not mean that it's something that we should just let go by. But it's also, it doesn't mean that it's something that we should automatically dismiss either. I know you may not be intentionally trying to make people feel judged or less than, but I want you to do two things for me. Just pause and do this for me, please. One, check your heart. And two, check your articulation. What is the motivation for what you're saying and how are you saying it? Body language, expressions, tone, and word choice, they can play a big part in how messages are received. And the spirit in which we say something can be a part of how it's experienced by the other person. So make sure that nothing in your heart is trying to elevate you as right and judge them as wrong. Because that can come across in your delivery. When we have it in our mind that the person is wrong or needs to be better, our judgment of them is part of the spirit we move in and in the undertone of how we communicate with them. So make sure you're not putting yourself in the place of judge and that your intentions are pure to just share your heart for the sake of sharing your life or to help draw others to God. Now, if you have done your best in those areas, it may have to be okay with you to just be misunderstood sometimes. Until you can connect with people who understand the standard that you're striving for. Now, in my experience, 
I have learned that people hate when limitations are put on them, but they can also react like we are attacking them or forcing our standard on them when we mention a standard that we're striving for that may be higher than what they're currently striving for themselves. See, you may feel like you're just talking, but they may feel like a spotlight is on the fact that they don't measure up. Now, this doesn't justify their reaction, but it can help us to understand what's going on so we don't take it personally. And so we maintain our compassion for them. See, as a Christian, we have to be mindful that our standard of living, you know, us striving for the righteous life, we, we have to be conscious that that standard is normally higher than the standard that other people may be living at. And honestly, it should be. It's the high calling. We're called to a higher standard. That's just the life that we've signed up for. So when it's possible, our lives are intended to encourage people to come up higher to that standard and not discourage them. So I don't think that silence is the answer for you. I think discernment is. One thing that I try to always ask the Holy Spirit for is to give me discernment and articulation, especially when I'm dealing with people who I know don't have the same approach to life as I do. I want to always see their heart and see where they are at. And that allows me to give more grace. I've learned there's grace and discernment for them and for us. I know some of my standards personally and what I see as right or wrong will confront and convict other people, whether I intend it to or not. See, that's not my thought, but it is my responsibility to be aware of so I can handle the situations in a way that helps draw people to God and not push them away. Because when we take a person, we get upset. We step in between them and God and what could have been a great opportunity to draw them in. Our humanity instead pushes them away. You see, life gets a bit easier when we learn when, how, and to whom we are supposed to deliver certain messages. Our feelings don't get caught in the crossfire as much when we have matured in that way and learned those things. And honestly, to you, it could just be me, but I'm sensing that the people you're dealing with, they may not be the best people to share with, or it may be that you need to keep doing you and not care about their reaction. Either way, it's on you to find the purpose of your message and to become more intentional about its delivery. It's about finding the balance. We've got to be able to not lower our standards or silence our voices or condone something we believe is wrong, but also avoid condemning someone else for not being where we are. You see, I can hold myself to the standard I believe is right. I can invite you to join me there and even educate you on how to get there if you're open to it while still accepting your choice to reject my offer. Essentially, I can let you know where I stand without requiring you to stand there too. And it may be worth you articulating that to people. It may be worth you saying something like, see, this is what I choose for me. And you have the right to choose what you believe is right for you. I'm not judging you or saying you have to live or be any different than you are. I'm just simply sharing what I believe is best for me. You can take that for what it is for you, but no pressure, no heat, no judgment. I think it's very important for us to deal with situations like this and how we feel about them because we don't want to shut down or to get better ourselves. 
If the goal is to draw people to God, then we've got to keep speaking up and being approachable. You never know when your voice could save someone's life or be the catalyst that changes them in a major way. You never know when you are the example that they need to see. So please be conscious to never lose your compassion or your love for people. Never lose your heart to draw people to God or to help them see or experience him. I know personally firsthand, I know it can be frustrating to be misunderstood. But at the end of the day, I have to ask myself, do I want to be understood or do I want my voice to have the impact heaven wants it to have? Personally, I'm learning the balance of using my voice. I never want to pretend I'm okay with things I think are wrong or choose silence for my own personal comfort. But I also don't want to be a bull in a china shop and speak recklessly either. I'm learning to be willing to speak up, but to also be okay being silent if God says it's just not time for my voice. And so if you want to dig deeper into this particular topic, into learning how to use your voice, check out a blog that I wrote in the past. It's called The Evolution of a Voice. Uh, it's on clarityblog.com and that is C-L-A-R-I-S-E-E blog.com. So if you want to dig deeper into using your voice, check that out. Also, if you have some advice for your fellow Clara Seeker, then look out on our social media pages and chime in. I always love to know what you all are thinking because, like I say, we are on this journey together. All right, so let's take a break. Here's some music here for from some of our sponsors, and we'll get back into question number two in a moment. Hey, y'all, we are back with the Clarity Podcast and Radio Show. We are on question number two of our Q&A episode for the month. So if you want to send in a question of your own, feel free to DM the Clarity Blog social media pages. We have an Instagram. We have a Facebook page. We also have a Pinterest and a Twitter and a TikTok. So if if you want to connect with us there, you can. But we are most prevalently on our Instagram and Facebook page. That's the one I pay attention to the most. Or you can also send in a question on our website, clarityblog.com, and that's C-L-A-R-I-S-E-E. So let's get back in to question number two. And I'll preface this by saying, because my career is in marketing and communications, I always seem to get those types of questions in my everyday life. And that's where this question came from. So I also am always willing to talk all things marketing and communications. It's a personal passion of mine. So feel free to send questions in about that too if you're so moved. So this question is actually from one of my sisters. We were talking about what impact that we see the social media and technology is having on society, especially the youth. And you can tell that we are older, fine wine, we're in our 30s. But you can tell that we don't consider ourselves youth because older people are always monitoring the effect that society is having and different elements of society is having on youth. It's always such a concern of ours. And it's usually from a negative lens where we don't feel like things are going as well for them as it was for us. But I digress. So 
since this topic comes up so much, there's already so much commentary and so much discussion around it. We all see the common impacts that it's having on people being keyboard warriors and talking real tough behind the screen. People taking the lack of reality not as seriously, being more judgmental, being more critical, having shorter attention spans, having unhealthy competition or unrealistic standards. So the interesting thing that I wanted to talk about that brought up in the conversation that we had and also want to bring up here is that social media forces you to portray an identity. See, if you don't like the identity you have, you'll choose one that you think is more valuable and has a higher chance of being accepted. And that is what is typically portrayed on social media. And that's what I see a lot of youth doing. And social media, to me, really makes you assess your value. It makes you assess your looks, what you have to say, what you have, how you're living your life. It compares your value system with the values of the world around you. And it forces you to prove that if what you believe about your value is actually enough especially when it's not validated or even when it's confronted by others. What it shows me is how loosely we are holding on to our value and how easily it can be changed and conformed to what other people deem as more valuable. What gets more likes, what gets more comments, what gets more engagement is what we are taught, even from a marketing level, is what we are taught to conform our content to. And in some ways, that's, it's what we're taught how to show up in the world of social media, but also you see it bleeding over to the world itself. People may be portraying one thing on social media, but they also take that as truth about how they should show up in their everyday lives. And that's where it starts getting very toxic. When social media is fun and games, it's fun. But when it bleeds over into your real thoughts, your real opinions, and the way you move through life, that's when we see it as dangerous. You know, what it shows me is the desire for fantasy is actually a reality. But the need for authenticity is also apparent. We can't let what we see make us believe that what's popular is all that there is. Oh no, what's popular isn't necessarily an indication of what is needed in the world. It's just shining a light on what's readily available. But quantity is not always an indication of what is actually quality in the world. All this fakeness is just creating more of a gap for authenticity and substance. It doesn't seem that way, but it really is. So never lose faith that the real voices will cut through when God wants them heard. That It always reminds me of Tabitha Brown. She broke through at a time the world really needed something real. And when it came down to it, the voices that were more superficial couldn't do what she did. Even in this Photoshop world of social media, there is no substitute for authenticity or the power of God. Even the youth who have this never-ending diet of trash TV and influencer opinions will always crave something real when it matters the most. They just have to be able to find it. And that's our responsibility in some ways. And it's why it's so important not to hide your light because there are some people who desperately need to see it.
These youth especially need to see an example of someone who's living a Christian life and is confident and is happy and thriving and real. So don't hide. Don't silence your voice. Don't lose your sense of humor. Don't use your authenticity. Don't lose it. And make sure you can be found by the people who need to find you. There is always an audience for what's real. And there is always an audience that you are called to impact. So don't forget that. All right. I think we have time to get into our last question. And that is, do you have any tips to reduce stress? Simple question, loaded answer. So my main tip is don't ignore you. If you're not sure what's stressing you out, you have to pay attention to your emotions, your heart rate, your body, and your thoughts so you can see what's triggering your stress. This question actually hits very close to home for me because I have been a tad bit overwhelmed lately. So it's actually the perfect time for me to answer this question. And from my own personal experience, I've seen that sometimes there's so much going on and you're moving so fast that you feel like everything is stressful when really adjusting a few things may make a big impact on your stress level. So look at the people around you. Look at your responsibilities and requirements. Look at what you're listening to, what you're thinking, and what you're watching those can be a great indication of where your stress may be sourcing from also i want you to assess your intentionality i've learned that typically when i'm stressed when that stress level goes up my intentionality goes down and i'm less intentional about how i'm spending my time i'm just trying to get things done get it all done but i'm not strategic because i don't feel like i have time to plan So take the time to plan, organize your tasks in priority, and remember to allot energy as well as time for everything that is essential to get done. And we've got to be realistic about what is essential and what we can realistically get done and give ourselves grace when what we want to get done is not actually within our capacity to do. We all only have 24 hours and it's our responsibility to use it to the best of our ability. But we cannot penalize ourselves for not being machines and getting things done when we had an unrealistic expectation of our productivity. So if you couldn't get some things done, maybe they didn't need to happen or maybe they didn't need to be done by you. Maybe it would have been best delegated to someone else the answer is not always us and it's not always a pass fail the goal isn't perfection it's simply to do our best and to allow that to be enough also intentionality is important from the second we wake up to the second that we go to sleep so when you wake up My advice, my recommendation, it is very important to wake up and spend time with God. Just like they say making your bed so that you accomplish something in the morning is important. Spending your time with God can be a deal breaker for the day. And it can have a huge impact 
on how your day goes. There have been so many times that while I was praying, I had this light bulb moment about how I could strategically handle something at work or in another part of my life. It's not always that the times we spend doing something spiritual has only a spiritual effect. Oh no, it has a a practical strategic effect too. At least in my life it does. So my time with God is a strategic part of my day. This time allows me to lay everything down, to clear my mind and just be. It really shows me how stressed I am when I get into my time with God because the offset on how relaxed I feel afterwards shows me where I was when I started. And you get to be honest about how you're actually feeling and you allow God to give you solutions to your problems where you don't feel like you have to figure it all out yourself. It really reminds me during that time that it's not on me. And if it was how jacked up and how messed up I would be because to most of these problems, I'm stressed because I in myself don't have a solution. So in my time with God, I get to throw up my hands and say, you just, Lord, you just take it, take it. I don't know what I'm doing. That's clear. Help me. And there's never been a time where he hasn't. I have not always seen the help in the time. But looking back, I always see that when I ask for help, he actually did help. Also, I want to give this little nugget. During the day when I am feeling stressed or I hit a problem that I can't tackle, one of my strategies is to say a quick prayer and ask the Holy Spirit to help me or to pray in tongues. And I am not kidding. Before I know it, an idea pops in my head or some solution just comes out of seemingly nowhere and it works itself out without it becoming this huge issue. That is actually my secret weapon to get through the day because it never fails to work. And so the second I start feeling stressed, that's my signal that I need to employ that strategy, that resource. So it is really beneficial to build an arsenal of resources for yourself, things you can do when you're stressed to trigger a solution and not trigger the spiral of more stress. Next, Take time to do at least one thing that feeds you each day. When we're stressed, we're normally feeling like we're doing so many things and it's often for other people. But it always feels like it's not enough in some way. We treat ourselves like a machine. But self-care helps us to see ourselves as human again. As a human who's trying their best. So completing a task that benefits us can give us the satisfaction and assurance we need to tackle other stressors in our life. And it also puts us in a healthier place to do it. Whether it's taking a bath or drinking a drink, reading a book, journaling, listening to music, going for a walk, whatever you choose to do, be present during that moment and breathe. You know, I highly recommend journaling or at least doing something to take inventory of your day. Often we feel like we're failing at everything when really we did a lot of things well. We just had unrealistic expectations. So we lost sight of what actually worked out. So at the end of the day, take inventory and give yourself kudos for what you did well. Intentionally end the day with gratitude 
to yourself and to God for what you accomplished that day. Okay, lastly, I recommend that you check your thoughts. Almost every time I'm stressed, my brain has been running through all the things that need to be done that aren't getting done or that weren't done right. And it's like I can hear this alarm blaring in my mind that danger is near and failure is imminent. And I start spending time thinking of all the things that are wrong or could go wrong. This affects my ability to actually see the solution and my productivity in doing things that will actually benefit me. So to reduce your stress, you need daily maintenance on your mind. I have affirmations based on scriptures that pop up on my phone daily and throughout the day. I use the reminder app. That's what works for me. And I have an Apple. So if you are an Android lover, please don't start. I have an Apple. And on the reminder app, I set affirmations that pop up all throughout the day to help just trigger my mind with thoughts that God is with me, that it's not on me, that everything that needs to be taken care of, God is with me to provide for me and help me take care of it, that the people that I love are protected and safe that I'm protected or safe whatever may be stressing me out in that season I create an affirmation about it around it to trigger my mind and stop that stressed spiral because we need the reminders and if you are stressed it is a reminder that you need the reminder One of my favorite affirmations is about how God has equipped me and that my success is his promise. So I don't need to make it happen. That is one of the things that quickly takes the stress off of me because I will get in those modes where it is all on me. And all I see is me doing things that will not add up to success. So. Here's a pep talk for you. You don't suck. You are doing way, way better than you're giving yourself credit for. If you do this with God, it will work out in ways that you cannot imagine. I know it seems like a lot, but you're not in this by yourself. You are stronger, smarter, more capable, and more resilient than you realize. So breathe. The solution is present. So one challenge I have for you all is to think and ask yourself and pay attention. How much time do you spend thinking or doing things that don't contribute to your success? Your success spiritually, your success physically, emotionally. How much time do you spend wasting time thinking and not doing or doing in a rush where you have to go back and redo? I want to challenge all of us to be more intentional with our thoughts, be more intentional with our time, be more intentional with our energy, how we start our day, how we end our day, and how we invest in others. And on social media, let me know what you come up with. 
what you see about how you want to continue what you're doing or how you want to do differently. I will be definitely looking for your feedback. So please don't leave me hanging. I love two-way conversation. So please hop on social media pages to let me know how it's going. Also, if you want to dive deeper into the, this topic of being overwhelmed, being stressed, tune in to last week's episode. It's called Five Tips to Overcoming the Overwhelming. It is on the Clarity Podcast, and it is also on the Clarity Blog, on ClaritySblog.com. So feel free to take a look at the podcast or at the website. And that is Clarice, C-L-A-R-I-S-E-E. All right, it is time to wrap this thing up. Once again, I love getting your feedback, your thoughts, and your questions. So feel free to message me at any of the Clarice blog social media pages. We are on Instagram and Facebook predominantly, or we are always at the Clarice blog website. That is ClaricyBlog.com. Also, remember, you can catch up on any episodes you may have missed at the Clarice Podcast on or on any podcast platform. And all things Clarice are at the website. So I'm thinking of you. I'm praying for you. See you next week. Talk soon.